welcome to another edition of Digging Deeper with Brian Hale. Brought to you by Hale Multimedia, website and mobile app development for over 25 years. That's HaleMultimedia.com. Now listen in and join me online at DiggingDeeper.us. The VAERS COVID vaccine adverse events report finally came out. Andy was waiting for it for some time this afternoon. Didn't seem they seem like they wanted to get it updated, but they finally did. Mm-hmm. Looks like they usually do it at about five. Okay, about so. five central. Yep. And the bad news is that now the reports are over one million and eighty-eight thousand reports through January 28th so they're about a week behind all the time on the reporting and of course we know about all of the under reporting that's going on so that's just it's it's tragic what's going on but so far there have been at least 23,149 confirmed vaccination now these are confirmed because there are other reports way above and beyond these numbers we're told right by the scientists and doctors involved and they say that it could be underreported as many as 10 or 20 times, or was it 40? It's just ridiculous. I think numbers. it was 40 times. Yeah. 9,000 cases of anaphylaxis. That's a very serious condition that could create shock and death. 13,000 Bell's palsy cases, 3,900 miscarriages, and 11,700 heart attacks, not even including the 29,700 cases of myocarditis and pericarditis. Ah, it, it gets you out of breath to think about all of these people who did essentially lose their breath. They lost their heartbeat. They lost their breath. They lost their kidneys. Right. This is absolute genocide. Um, I don't know how we got so blessed and lucky to understand and know this information early on that this technology was more of an experiment, experimental poison than it was an actual vaccination. So anyway, we can see clearly now what many doubted earlier. This also includes 40,000 permanently disabled individuals, 5,000 thrombocytopenia or low platelet count cases, and another 26,000 life-threatening cases not otherwise classified, 38,600 severe allergic reactions, and 12,000 cases of shingles. Now, we, we go through these numbers each week so that you can listen to the older podcasts each week week after week after week and you can see uh, compare the numbers <clears throat> it's incredible so this is vaccine war headlines volume 14 for February 4th 2022 mm -hmm. these statistics were from January 28th right the countries with high COVID-19 vaccination rates all suffered an extraordinary rise in excess deaths mm -hmm. in 2021 suggesting that the jabs are to blame. Mm -hmm. Dr. Mike Yinden, former Pfizer vice president, stated, I think it's highly likely that the next phase will involve death on a scale which will dwarf the claims of COVID-19 deaths to date. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We were both scared to death of that last spring. Yes. Because we both have parents in that age range that they wanted to shoot up right away. Right. Unfortunately, mine did, and fortunately, yours did not. Right. Uh, my father did suffer a stroke, but he's still living. 
Um, so just for an example, Scotland is 87% adult vaccinated and weekly deaths are now 30% above normal. <sighs> Germany reported 78,000 deaths, more than 10% higher than the expected figure. Mm. Denmark, Finland, and Norway have excess deaths that are higher than their worst COVID outbreak. Uh, yeah, of course. It's of worse course. than COVID, but it is COVID, they're saying, of course. Right. And Pfizer's child size vaccine fails to produce expected immunity in younger kids. Uh, why should it? It didn't do it in adults either. <laughs> right, right. So the company adds a third dose to the trials. The interim data indicates this small dose regimen did not produce the expected immune response in the two to five year olds. Pfizer and FDA. We are fighting in court today to block the transparent release of our COVID-19 mRNA vaccine approval documents. Also, Pfizer and FDA, we would like to use our mRNA vaccines on your six-month-old to four-year-old children under emergency use authorization so that we can get zero liability next week, even though the clinical trial failed to produce immunity last month. And there's no emergency among babies. <laughs> Yeah, so they're saying one thing on one side. Yeah, and we laugh out of disgust and disbelief. Yeah, right. It's just unbelievable. Why are they vaccinating our children? So last week we talked about the COVID-19, a second opinion. Yeah, yeah, that was last a good week, article. Right? Yeah, second opinion. So mm -hmm. this is one that we didn't use in last week's report, but Dr. Christina Parks um is quoted as saying, why are they vaccinating our children? Because once it's in the childhood schedule, they are no longer liable for injury. She's talking about the Vaccine Injury Act of 1986, which insulates the pharmaceutical industry from all liability once added to the childhood vaccine schedule. Listen to her. It didn't start now. Many people have been fighting this corruption for many years. When they did the 1986 Vaccine Injury Act, and said that um, manufacturers no longer have liability for any vaccine that's on the childhood schedule, the childhood schedule exploded. Now, I'm not saying every vaccine is or isn't safe on that um, schedule, but I'm saying that's when they said, we have the perfect business model. Every kid has to take these vaccines if we put it on the schedule, and we have no liability. And so the schedule exploded, and um, safety corners were cut because we have no liability. And suddenly we started to see you have to have HPV for school. You have to have this for school. You have to have that for school. And so this business model, the more they pushed it, the more they realized no one pushed back because of this sort of idea that vaccines were always, always a positive health intervention. And so now we've gotten to the point where the mass formation psychosis around vaccines always being a positive health intervention has gotten us here. And so we have to look at that aspect. Why are they vaccinating our children? Because once it's on the vaccine, um, once it's on the childhood schedule, they are no longer liable for injury. So they're going to get off that EUA, put it right on the childhood vaccine schedule, and then have no liability going forward. Yeah, that was just like you were saying. And now we know why the push to get under five-year-olds approved. Oh, my goodness. That's going to do it for this edition. And that does it for another edition of Digging Deeper. Visit our website to catch this podcast and many others anytime. You can also watch our live TV network, browse our on-demand content, read our controversial articles, or sign up if you feel led to join the cause for defending our Constitution. It's all on diggingdeeper.us. 
We appreciate you listening. And remember, visit diggingdeeper.us to learn more about what we're doing to bring truth to light.